Welcome to the JV Impacts Podcast, where our mission is to impact someone's life every single day. We focus on how ordinary people become extraordinary. And here is your host, John Vasquez, the self-published author of You Must Believe Way of Life. Let's go. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the JV Impacts Podcast. We talk about motivation, health, and life. I'm your host, John Vasquez, and I'm really excited to bring you guys on for this amazing podcast. I know it's been the long-awaited podcast, the Blended Families Podcast, where we're going to bring issues to the forefront and really work together to help blended families move forward into a successful marriage and relationship with their kids. So I'm John Vasquez, and I'll introduce my beautiful wife. I'm Lynette Vasquez. Awesome. So we've been married for now five years. Years. Uh, we've been together for nine, so we'll tell you a little bit about our family. But before we get started, before we get started, we want to talk about some statistics and why we're doing this. So listen to this. The average marriage in America lasts only seven years. I'll repeat that. The average marriage in America only lasts seven years. One out of two marriages ends in divorce. 75% remarry. 66% of those living together or remarried break up and children are involved. When children are involved. When children are involved, my apologies. Oh my God, that's crazy. Think about that. 66% of those living together or married break up when children are involved. Mm -hmm. So that was a key point she brought up. When children are involved. So when there's children involved, stepchildren, it makes it complicated. And what we want to do is really talk about this and be open about this and understand that we're all going through the same stuff. There's nobody that's immune to these problems. There's nobody that's out there that has a super vest on that says I'm protected from this. So it's about bringing it to the forefront. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about our family. So we have Raven, who's 13 years old, who's mine from a previous marriage. We have Isabel, who's 10, who is Lynette's from a previous relationship. And now we have baby John, who is ours. So we have hers, mine, and ours. And we blended our family nine years ago. Yeah, right? the children were four and one. So they've grown up together. They have zero issues. They are the bestest of friends. Um, so we are lucky in that area. They get along really great. The issues in our marriage and our blended family is really around us, the parents, um, the parenting styles. And uh, I don't want to say favoritism, but... Um, yeah, it's, I guess so. Yeah. I guess yeah, favoritism over yeah. our own individual kids. Yeah, and it's fair to say that too. Like that's a powerful thing because if we would have said this, the word favoritism a couple years ago, <laughs> there'd be a knockdown, drag out fight. But it's it's some things that you need to talk about as couples and really recognize that these are real things that happen. Why do you think the divorce rate is what is it sixty six percent with when kids are involved? The reason is is because you have to understand. That, for example, Isabel is her daughter. She's my daughter as well. She's been with me for nine years now. But there's a maternal instinct to protect your blood child. There's a maternal instinct there. So when there's a difficult conversation that comes up where I'm either needing to discipline her or I bring up something about something involving Isabel or vice versa, it's natural for emotions to kick in. So it's been tough for us. It's been tough for us for the first um, about eight years. And we've really come to a lot of um, great uh, activities lately that we've worked on that have helped us tremendously. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, down the road in the podcast here, but we'll tell you a little bit about some of the struggles that we've had and some of the things we're dealing with. And I'm sure a lot of you are dealing with too. And another thing that we're going to do down the road is we've had a lot of responses from announcing this podcast. And we've actually had couples reach out to us saying, we want to be on the podcast. So we'd like to bring other couples on, interview them, whether it's on Facebook, on the podcast, and we could start all working together 
to come up with ideas to help each other out. So um, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the issues we've been through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think one of our biggest issue, well, we have a few. Um, one of them is um, I love to be a mom. Um, I love to be a wife too, but I was dedicating a lot of my time and my energy to my kids and not my husband. So um, my kids came first and I put my husband last, which was completely out of you know right order. So when things are not in right order, our marriage fell apart. So it should go God, your your spouse, then your kids. Um, And so for me, my my right order was was wrong. And that's something that I still continue to work on and and struggle with sometimes. Yeah. And and I think my biggest struggle is just being open and honest. And and men, you you know, to be open and honest about this stuff is hard, right? We're supposed to be the macho one. But the thing that I'm most sensitive about is the fact that the— the stepchild getting more attention. And that's something that I struggle with. And I know it's what other people struggle with too, but they're afraid to say it is that when you have a stepchild, that maternal instinct to take care of that child, I sometimes get jealous or not, not, I don't know if the word resentful, but it, uh, like, I'm like, why does that, why do they I get think you more? get jealous of the yeah. time? Cause I'm Correct. always gone due to activities or, or whatnot. Um, and so a lot of my time is spent out of the house, um, you know, taking kids to and from places and, and then that takes away from, you know, time with my husband and I. And by the end of the night, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And, you know, we don't spend time together. And mm-hmm. and so one thing we have to, you have to really think about. Now we have baby John, right? So we have hers, mine, and ours. Now, the thing that we ask ourselves a lot when we get into arguments or discussions or heated discussions is, would we act this way if it was baby John, right? That's, that's one thing we need to think about, too. It's like if... If this was baby John that she was spending all the time with and she was, uh, you know, in an intensive program where she's gone a lot, would I still have the same feelings? And I don't know if I would, right? Because it's not your blood child. Now, we love the children the same, but the part that we struggle with as a couple is getting defensive. Would you agree? Right. Yeah. We're guarded. Yeah. With our kids. Yeah. So you get guarded and, and it's natural, right? It's natural. But so we've been working through this and, and just to be open and transparent, we struggled the last eight years up until about the last year. And we've worked on some tools and techniques that have really helped us. But I mean, we have been, yeah, there really isn't a whole lot of places you can turn to for a blended family help. I mean, you can get marriage help, but I think the help out there for blended families is, is very little. Um, so we would lo- love to hear from other couples too. Yeah, we would love to hear from other couples. because it, it just seems like it's limited. When you when you talk about blended families, like, oh, well. I mean, and one thing that we want to share out and give a shout out to is our amazing church. So uh, Living Word Bible Church, where we go to, we got put into marriage counseling there. And they were absolutely amazing. Absolutely changed our life. Jerry and Angie uh, have been amazing counselors for us. And we actually go to a marriage ministry every Sunday. We'd highly recommend you go to a very open, uh, honest environment where they allow people to be themselves and to become as you, right? Uh, we're all broken right. people going there to learn and grow together. So, and Truthfully, even though it's not a blended family class, it has really helped our marriage. It's helped us put things in right order and um, it's helped us get over these little arguments that we get into. We can get over them quickly. We forgive, you know, faster and we move on, you know, more quickly. Um, and so I think that part has really helped us. And I think just learning to say, you know what? I have three kids. He has three kids. They, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just have to have that mindset every single day. I have three kids. And yeah, and I, I feel like we've always felt that. We've mm-hmm. said that. But do we really 
live, live it. that. Yeah, yeah. awesome. We so didn't, we said we didn't live it, right? Yeah, we were saying it, but were we truly living it, right? So were we really being conscious of the fact that one child is getting more favoritism than the other? And it could be a perception thing, right? So one thing that I talk a lot, of, a lot about my coaching is perception is reality, right? So you tell you start to tell yourself a story. So if you see something and it's not your blood child, all of a sudden you start to tell yourself a story and it becomes something that's really not. And then in turn, it causes um, a little bit of resentment in the relationship mm -hmm. and then it kind of spirals. So let's talk about some stuff that we've been doing recently mm -hmm. to really help us. I mean, we've had some major breakthroughs. We actually had a conversation and we talked about this. We had a conversation recently, a heated, it could have been a heated conversation. And we actually talked about it calmly. And there's Came a lot of- Came to conclusion and- moved on pretty quickly from it, which before it would be a long, you know, knockout fight and it would be days before we would talk. And, you know, it, we just, mm -hmm. we came to a conclusion quick. We were able to work together for once. Yeah. And one thing I'll tell you guys too, even though we're, we're making progress, we still struggle. I mean, I still have that emotional response that comes up. Um, you know, if my daughter does something, I know there's an emotional response, but we're starting to identify what, what we've learned is triggers. And when those triggers come up, we either kind of back off a little bit off the other person and, and learn to recognize it, or we learn to talk about it. We've been able to talk about things recently a lot better. So here's one thing that we've been working on, and I'll pass it over to Lynette, talk about a few things. Number one is we've been practicing forgiveness, and it has helped us dramatically. And what here's what it looks like. So every single morning we wake up, if we've gotten to a fight the day before, we literally grab hands and we forgive each other. And we've been doing our prayers in the morning, we pray with each other, and we forgive each other for the previous day. Now, the key to this, guys, the key to this, once you forgive the person, it's done. It's done. Because we all know that if your kids piss you off or do something wrong, you're going to forgive them in a heartbeat. So there's no reason why you should not forgive your husband in a heartbeat and move on. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So think about what she just said, you know, men out there. You know, if your kid does something wrong, they could do something crazy wrong. 15 minutes later, you're loving on them again, right? Why don't we do that with our spouses, husbands, or partners, right? So we've been doing that with each other now, you know, and we still get, like we had Sunday, we were hangry. We started getting a little <laughs> argument and it kind of spiraled. We got in this big argument. We didn't talk all Sunday night. And then we woke up Monday, went for a couple hours. And then finally we're like, this is ridiculous. Let's just forgive each other and move on. So what does that look like? You know, you could be in a heated argument. And what we've allowed ourselves to do is we just step away from the argument. And I've, I've learned to walk away. Usually I get really fired up. I want to talk about it now. I'm a very sensitive person. I want to solve the issue now. But what it's allowed me to do is to step back, knowing that this is going to get resolved quickly. Because my biggest worry is things won't get resolved quickly. And it bothers me like crazy. It just sits on my heart. It bothers me. So what this has allowed me to do to relax and say, okay, I know that if we just take a deep breath, we're going to come back in a couple hours, maybe 24 hours, and then we're going to forgive each other. And then we're truly going to move on. And I want to, I want to emphasize the key again, though. When you forgive each other, it's over. You can't bring it up a week later. It doesn't later. get rehashed later, yeah. You can't dig it back. Yeah. It, it's it. So if you're going to say you're going to forgive them, you want to make sure that you truly believe in your heart that you forgive them because uh, we learned that they're called T-bombs, right? They plant a seed and that seed gets popped down the road two weeks from now. You got to make sure that it's, that it's done. But if you do this every single day, it doesn't allow things to pile up day after day after day. And then you have these big blowout fights. So it allows kind of a pressure valve to release and uh, relieve things a little bit. So what are some other things we've been doing? Um, well, another thing we've done is we focused a lot more on us. And what I mean by us, us time. So whether it's, you know, a night out for dinner, whether it's a, an hour at night, 
whether it's, you know, um, we just started, you know, taking little mini weekend getaways. That's really important for us. Um, something I still struggle with because I'm the type of person who doesn't like to leave my kids. Um, but I'm realizing and I'm, you know, getting better at it, at, you know. Yeah, it's great. And, and so another thing, too, is just touch. This, this might sound simple, but holding each other's hands. So when you're uh, maybe not getting along or you're just driving in the car, hold hands. It, it, there's, there's something that really gets released called oxytocin. So when, when two human beings hold hands, it releases a chemical called oxytocin and it releases endorphins. So when you're driving in the car, hold hands. You don't have to talk. You just touch. Awesome. So we've talked about three things and we're going to talk about a little bit more here. So we talked about forgiveness. We talked about spending quality time together, making sure you have that time together, putting your marriage first, and then just touch, holding hands, hugging each other, looking into each other's eyes romantically like I'm doing right now. Just kidding. She's not looking into my eyes. But those are three powerful things. So one other thing that we've practiced, and we want to give you some tools and techniques, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You've heard this since you were a little kid. You are who you hang out with. So what we've done is we've surrounded ourselves with like-minded couples that are working to build their marriages up. A couple places we've gone to. So we go to our church every single Sunday. We go to the marriage ministry um, at Living Word Bible Church at 915. It's absolutely remarkable. It's a small, intimate group. It's actually growing, but it's an a intimate group. It's a, you know, you think going to church, right? You think uh, people fear judgment in church. This church is so open and so amazing. And it's a bunch of couples just working to grow. And we have open dialogue. And we're all struggling trying to move forward uh, towards a godly marriage. So that's awesome. We also, uh, the Freemans, um, they have Empowered the couples. Empowered Couples Brunch. You guys have seen us out there on Instagram. Which is amazing. I would recommend it to everybody, even if you're just in a relationship and maybe marriage is down the road. It is awesome to meet other couples um, that are working towards the same goal as you. Yeah. So imagine being in a room with a bunch of couples that they're trying to move their marriage forward. And then you have new guest speakers come in there. You get to learn from people and your fellowship with people that are like-minded. When you want to be something, you need to surround yourself with something. So the four steps again, and then I'm going to kick it over to Lynette for a second here. Forgiveness. We talked about quality time together. We talked about holding hands, just touching, releasing that oxytocin, and then surrounding yourself with like-minded couples. I also think another good tool uh, for us and for other couples would be prayer. Um, and that would be couples prayer. So we don't do couples prayer every day, but I always pray over my husband. I pray over him every night when I go to bed and every morning I pray over him. Um, you know, I just pray for his health and his favor and for, you know, success in the business and for, um, you know, to be forgiven for any sins I've done and, um, you know, for God to continue to guide me um, into the right way, um, into, a, you know, a good, healthy marriage. And uh, so that's another thing. You should always pray over your spouse and pray together. And if when you're in a heated fight, I think when you take that time away, you should be praying, God, what should I do? Help me say the right words to calm my husband. Um, you know, you should just always stay in prayer. It does help. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing we have that I forgot about this is um, you'll never be in our bedroom. But if you're ever in our, oh, bed, yeah. if you're ever in our bedroom, actually, I hope you're not in my bedroom. But up above our bed, we actually have a vision for our marriage. And the cool thing is, ever since we put that vision up, 
couple arguments, we've taken it down. We've, we've been there. So we're, <laughs> we're going to be realists here, guys. We, we've made some breakthrough in the last about three to four months. And I think me leaving corporate America and being more involved with the family and being here and we're running this business side by side, which is awesome, has really helped our marriage too because we're spending good quality time together. But we have a marriage vision above our bed. And if you read our marriage vision, we're doing all those activities right now, which is fantastic. So it says in the Bible, those without a vision will perish. And it's so true. You know, when I coach clients, I make sure that they have a vision or the theme for their life. So I would highly recommend, um, you know, couples or people who are in marriages to get a vision uh, for their marriage. And I also think you should get one for your family. Now, John and I don't have one, and we've always said we were going to get a vision for our family, uh, write a vision statement, but we haven't yet. But that's definitely something I just remembered. And so we're definitely going to do that um, with our kids is to make our blended family um Vision statement. Right. That's awesome. And by involving the kids, it creates that uh, unity with the family. You know, we're talking about bringing blended families together. Creating a family vision is going to bring them all together. So that's something that we have to do as well. So let's talk a little bit about the struggles that we're still going through. I mean, we're not going to put all our dirty laundry out there, but there is still struggles that we're, we're going through right now. So I think for us, one of the struggles that I see is time. And when I say time, it's time with my husband and time with my kids evenly. Because even though my husband is at home all day, he is in the office or he's out with clients and he's, you know, I don't see him for most of the day. And then by the time that he's wrapping up with ending his day, I am just kind of beginning my day. You know, I'm making dinner, I'm running out you know, to the gym and then I'm picking up kids and then I'm, you know, getting home at 930 and it's late. And so um, time with my husband is still one of the things. And also time with the, my oldest, which would be um, Raven, because she gets home from school. We only have our half of the week. And so keep in mind, we have Isabel full time and we have obviously John full time. So the time that I get with Raven is not as much as I do with the other two kids. So giving her time like of me, uh, personal time is is hard um, just because there's so much going on during the day with schoolwork and me running around from place to place that um, I want her to feel more connected to me and not just John because I am, again, her mom and I want her to feel that. So that's something we're still working on is, is you know, time, time spent evenly between everyone. Yeah. And so you can see right there, the way she explained that, that's where the struggle comes in for me because I see it from a third-party perspective. You know, I see Isabel's here 100% of the time. John's here 100% of the time. So there's a lot of uh, very busy activities that Isabel's in. So she spends a lot of time with Isabel. So then when I don't see the even amount of time spent with Raven, uh, resentment kicks in. And that that's a real thing. So you guys need to recognize that in your relationships that these feelings you're having, maybe it's resentment, jealousy. I know I'm 42 years old, but those feelings are real. And those are things that you need to recognize and be able to have a safe environment to talk about it. We're actually talking about this stuff now. I Before, we couldn't talk about it. If I was to bring up stuff like this, it would just blow the top. And then we'd just be in these massive fights. And the only people it affects is our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can I just mention one thing that's kind of off topic? He said safe zone. I think when you're having any kind of conversation with your husband, you need to make sure you're in a safe zone first. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we approach our spouse and we are completely not in a safe zone and we are heated and we're speaking off emotion and that's horrible. So always wait to speak to your spouse when there is a safe zone. Ask them, is this, is this a safe time to talk? 
Yeah. And, and if it's not, then say, can you give me an hour? It's, it's not a good time. I need to cool off. Right. Very important. Like I'll give a good example of that. And I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. But on Sunday, we were, we were both hangry. We're both dieting very hard right now. Nutrition. Sorry. We're on a very strict nutrition plan uh, where we got some strict fitness goals. And we were both hangry on Sunday. We had all the kids. It was kind of a stressful day. And we started bickering at each other, went on and on. And we got an argument in the parking lot. And it just, I realized at that point, it was time for me just to be quiet. And, and I was proud of myself because I just stopped. And I knew it wasn't time to discuss how I felt or how she felt because we were coming at each other at a different angle. And so I just decided to talk. Now, was it uncomfortable for the rest of the night with the kids probably sitting there at dinner, not talking? Yes, but it was better than getting in a big fight. And letting the kids hear us argue. Yes. That is a big no-no. So I just shut my mouth. I kept calm. We went to bed. Probably wasn't the right thing. We didn't resolve it, but it wasn't the right time to resolve it. It was not a safe zone. We were both grumpy. We were both tired. We had a long weekend. And I decided to swallow my pride, not be as sensitive. And the next day we came back together, took a couple hours, but we did the forgiveness thing. So this has to be a partnership. That's one thing that I want to capitalize on and talk about is that this has to be a partnership, guys. Like, what is the alternative? 66% of people leave and then their kids go into a whole different situation. And then what is the statistics after that? Who knows, right? So we need to step up. We need to step up as parents. We need to not put our feelings aside. We need to put our feelings out there and recognize that you're not the only ones going through this. We're going through this too. And I guarantee all the couples that are hearing this are saying, wow, other people are going through this because the problem with society now, the problem with society is all we do is compare ourselves to people's Instagram, Facebook, we see the perfect pictures. We do not know what's going on behind closed doors. And if we were to open up those doors and we were to be honest and transparent, I guarantee a lot more people would stay together because they would see that it's not greener on the other side. You go there, you still have to water that grass. So what we are deciding to do is to water our grass here. We water it through forgiveness, through love, through compassion, through gentle touch, through uh, being around other couples who are fellowship and with us, with through prayer. We gave you all these tools and techniques, but we're not perfect by any means. That, that's what we want to tell you guys. So our point of this is to help everybody grow. The point of JV Impacts is to impact someone's life every single day. And we got a lot of requests for this type of podcast. And so we wanted to bring it out to you guys. So we're, we're excited about this journey. Uh, we're excited to bring other couples on. And we're excited to hear the transparency that's going to come out of this. And our mission is to really keep marriages together and for the kids. Not only for the parents, but for the kids, guys. I mean, we want our kids to have those good, healthy relationships. So... Yeah, our marriage is never going to be perfect. I mean, it just, it, no marriage is perfect. We all battle. We all have issues. Um, it's just working on them. And it's, that's what's something that we're going to continue to do is just continue to work. And, you know, we only listed just a few of the problems that are going on in our marriage and in our, our blended family. Um, so we would definitely love to hear other people and what they do, you know, to make their marriage thrive and their family thrive. So um, we're looking forward to hearing any questions or tips or anything to help us as well as how we can help others by sharing our story. Yes. So as we move forward with the podcast, we'd love to hear your direct messages, questions, topics. And if we don't know the answer, we're going to work to find you the answer. We have experts out there that are counselors that could probably come on board with us and help us with this. But also, we'd like to get the real deal, couples like us, to talk about this too. So uh, one thing I want to share with you guys in front of everybody, I love my wife absolutely dearly. And one thing that I think about every single day is that it's my job as the husband to support and love my wife. 
It's my job to support and love my wife. And so another thing I want to talk about just from male to male out there, um, and I'm not trying to earn brownie points with the females and stuff like that, but what's really important in these days, men, we have to step up. We have to step up as men. We have to step up financially to step up to take care of our families. You also need to take care of your wives, man. So when I see that the dishes aren't, you know, are, are piling up and she's got a bunch of stuff going on, I'll step up and I'll clean the house. And that's what I'm encouraging men to do out there is step up. You know, intimacy comes through different ways and it's important to learn each other's love language, right? So my wife enjoys active service, acts of service, acts right? of service. So I know that. So when she's going to dance at nine o'clock at night, not for her, she's not a dancer, but her daughter's a dancer. But when she's heading to dance at nine o'clock at night, who the heck wants to come home and do the dishes, right? She doesn't like to wake up in the morning and have dishes. She likes to have the house clean. So if I have time, I'll clean the house. I'll wipe things up. The thing that I'm working on is to not do it for recognition. That's something I struggle with. So I'll clean the house. I'm like waiting for my recognition. Then my feelings get hurt because I'm sensitive. You just do it because you want to do it because you want to help your spouse. Now, men, if you want that sexy time, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. You want sexy time. Think about this. So when you're working all day and your wife's taking care of the house, you know, if your wife works full time or she's the CEO of the Vasquez household like Lynette, women do not feel sexy after taking care of kids all day, cooking ground beef and rice <laughs> and feeding three different kids. She's laughing, but it's true. You think they feel sexy? When they feel sexy is when they come home and the house is clean and they get that self-care. That's one thing I want to talk about really yeah. quickly. Sorry, guys. We can go into that more next time. But yeah, self-care is huge. <laughs> yes, we were just learning this. So when I left corporate America, it allowed me the opportunity to give my wife the opportunity to have self-care. We'll go deeper into that the next subject. But this is something where the spouse, the husband and wife have to be in unison on this. It's something that we've been doing and it's really helped our marriage too. But we'll go deeper into that. I'll give us a topic for, for next week. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, we love you guys so much. We appreciate you. And remember, guys, there's no fight. There's no argument. There's nothing you can't forgive each other for. It's not worth ending your marriage. Stick together. Stick together. There's a reason why you got together. You know, unless there's abuse and things like that. But if there's stuff you can work through, stick it out, guys. Do it for the kids. Do it for you. You fell in love for a reason. And I just want to say again, I love my beautiful wife. And I'm excited to be on this journey with you guys. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us on JV Impact's podcast. We talk about motivation, health, and life. A couple of reminders out there. Visit us at www.jvimpacts.com where you can pick up your free copy of the You Must Believe Way of Life, the success system that I created uh, when I noticed a pattern I was following to reach massive success in all areas of my life. You can also pick up my biography, Roids to Riches, The Fall and Rise of a Spiritual Man, a very personal, intimate story of my fall and my rise to where I'm at now with JV Impacts and out there working to impact someone's life every single day. As we always say on JV Impacts, we love you, we appreciate you, and have an amazing week, guys. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. In order for us to fulfill our mission, please share this podcast with a friend so you too can impact someone's life today. Visit us at jvimpacts.com and make sure to pick up your copy of You Must Believe Way of Life. Remember, ordinary people can do extraordinary things. Talk to you soon.